Love, and welcome to Circuit Court Entertainment, where we look at how laws and history have affected all forms of media. Today, we have a rather unique and somewhat well-known story for you, a tale involving football and film strips, the tale of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. We start in the late 1920s. Walt Disney was working for a man named Charles Mintz, who made distribution deals with Universal Studios. As a side note, Mintz's studio is still active. It's currently known as Screen Gems. Walt Disney and his team have made a name for themselves with the Alice comedies, where Alice, a live-action girl, interacted with various animated characters in Wonderland, such as Pete the Cat. These had been going on since 1923, but Felix the Cat for Paramount had been tearing up the screen since his debut in 1919. There was an increase of cat and human-related cartoons, but nothing quite on the level of Felix yet, though Coco the Clown for Max Fleischer was a very close competitor. Animation itself was improving rapidly, and the Roaring Twenties always was on the search for more. So, onto the screen, Walt Disney and his partner of iWorks debuted Oswald the Lucky Rabbit in Trolley Troubles in 1927. People grew to like Oswald a lot. He was a scamp, with the rabbit design making him stick out from the clatter of cats that were his competitors. Being a rabbit also allowed for some unique gags, such as the number of children he has or him kissing his own foot for luck. Walt Disney proceeded to make nine more Oswald cartoons that year, and a further 20 in 1928. Mintz was very happy with the profits, especially compared to the Alice comedies, but disagreed with Walt pushing for a greater share. After all, the success allowed Disney to expand his studio. Why should he ask for more? So, Mintz tried to start his own studio, with Walt's previous animators, with the intention of making Oswald cartoons and forcing Walt Disney out. After all, according to his contract, Mintz, and not Disney, owned Oswald's rights. Something Walt found out about when he went to get his contract renewed. Realizing that he could either accept Mintz's rules or start his own studio with his own characters that he could control, Disney opted for the second, and not only started Walt Disney Studios, but also created Mickey, initially named Mortimer until his wife told him to change it, Mouse. While Mickey provided both inspiration and competition to the other animation studios, the Mint Studio was not doing too badly. However, internal issues led to Universal removing Mintz from his own studio. At that point, Mintz found out something else. Universal, and not Mintz, owned Oswald. Under the Universal Studios and new studio head Walter Lance's direction, Oswald changed dramatically, repeatedly. For his initial Universal run, Oswald started off as a bit wacky. If you want an idea... Tex Avery, an animator best known for his creation of Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, and Bugs Bunny, among others, did some Oswald work at this time. But also, there was just fiercer competition. Mickey Mouse was already underway. Looney Tunes started in 1929, though their first recognizable character, Porky Pig, didn't debut until 1935. Bugs Bunny debuted officially in 1940 as a Merry Melody character in The Wild Hare, Betty Boop debuted in 1930, and Popeye jumped from the comic strips to animation in 1933. 
There were also lesser successes, like Iwerks' own Flip the Frog and Fleischer's Bimbo the Dog that would soon bow out for Betty Boop. Oswald's success was not to be incredibly long-lasting. While he did continue to be used until 1938, there were multiple redesigns, and he lost the wackiness and surrealism of both the Walt Disney and Charles Mintz versions. To try to be competitive, Oswald got increasingly cuter and kinder, and his palette shifted to whites and grays, but his popularity continued to decline. Any real hope of a comeback was dashed by the introduction of Andy Panda in 1939 and Woody Woodpecker in 1940, along with the increased competition from Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, Popeye, and others. By the end, he did not look or act like the Oswald introduced about 10 years before. Oswald would limp on in cameos in Woody Woodpecker cartoons or in comics for several years, and then the shorts too would fall out of favor. The last known regular release happening sometime in the early 80s, but it really stopped more like the mid-1960s. Bugs Bunny's last theatrical cartoon was in 1964, and while Woody Woodpecker's last short was in 1972, that's when the Lance Cartoon Studio closed. And under normal circumstances, I'd say all was quiet. And it was, with one exception. For some reason, and I genuinely do not know the reason, Oswald was a hit in Japan on merchandise. There is a surprising amount of merchandise from Universal Studios Japan of Oswald, and his design ranges from his Walt Disney of Iwerks design to his late Lance design. But that, and some Disney trivia, would be the only place where you would hear Oswald's name as he faded into obscurity. And then, in 2005, NBC Universal bought Sunday Night Football, while ESPN managed to get Monday Night Football. In the midst of contracts expiring and dealing with too many people for the same show, John Madden left Monday Night Football and joined Sunday Night Football on NBC. He was one half of the top football commentators, the other one being Al Michaels. They had been running Monday Night Football since 2002, uh, when John Madden joined, though Al Michaels had been working at ABC since 1977. Al Michaels had recently signed a contract extension, but quite frankly, with John Madden leaving for NBC and Sunday Night Football in 2005, he wanted out. He missed John Madden. And while ESPN and ABC were part of the same network, ESPN wasn't on the same prestige level as NBC. Because Disney owned NBC, this was taken to the CEO of Disney, Bob Hiker, who was fine with the contract ending early. He just had one stipulation for the contract change. He wanted Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back. Absolutely everyone was confused. But the deal was struck, and everyone walked out of that deal a winner. NBC got the Dream Team back, Al Michaels and John Madden were happy, and Disney could go back to the real reason why they wanted Oswald. In 2002, Square Enix released a video game called Kingdom Hearts. While the series has gone to worldwide success, the series started out as Disney and Final Fantasy meet. And that's not an exaggeration. Sora, owned by Disney travels to Disney Worlds with Donald Duck and Goofy, where they have to stop Final Fantasy-style plots with some Final Fantasy characters. The plot has expanded over time, much like its sales. Square Enix's 2022 sales report put total Kingdom Hearts sales at over $36 million worldwide. 
We don't know how Disney was paid for their part in creating Kingdom Hearts, but its success led to Disney to try to expand their own game studio and to create original video games that they own fully. The idea for Epic Mickey started in 2003, but it wasn't announced until 2009 and released in 2010. One of the creators discussed in the Idle Thumbs podcast, GDC 11, Games Kasavin, how he was given a project of designing a game about Mickey, and in his research, he stumbled upon Oswald. Realizing the story potential of seeing someone just like you become possibly the most recognizable and famous character in the world while you languish in obscurity, he created a pitch document. And eventually, this was pitched to Bob Iger, who was very gung-ho on the project, until he was informed of the key part. Disney did not own Oswald. And then a few weeks later, the creator of the project read on ESPN that Disney traded Al Michaels for a cartoon rabbit. The game came out in November 2010, and as of a year later, it sold 2 million copies. The story covers Mickey Mouse accidentally destroying a diorama, entering it, and finding the lost and forgotten characters who are ruled over by Oswald, his wife, and their kids. Oswald knows who Mickey is and doesn't take kindly to Mickey's intrusion or the magic paintbrush that allows Mickey to either paint or erase what's going on. The two do finally make up to an extent. The game sold 2 million copies, and with the reviews being mixed but positive, Disney felt confident enough to have a sequel made. The sequel, uh, came out in 2012, did not sell as well, despite being multi-platform, where the original was just a Wii exclusive. And while Oswald has not died off... Disney just doesn't know what to do with him. There has been a significant amount of merchandise. In fact, I have an Oswald mug I got shortly after Disney got him back. And Oswald often turns up in the parks, mostly in Disneyland. He's one of the rare meet and greets, but he is still around and has a statue with Walt in California Adventure. But in the Mickey Mouse shorts developed by Paul Reddish from 2013 to 2019, Oswald was limited to a handful of tiny cameos mostly off-screen. More notably, Disney bloggers noticed what appeared to be rumblings of a Disney Plus series starring Oswald, but in 2019, the people involved informed everyone it was cancelled. Also in 2019, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. The creative director, Tetsuo Nomura, mentioned in an interview that he had requested to use Oswald in Kingdom Hearts 3, but Disney shut it down. I have to say, though, if Oswald was in Kingdom Hearts 3 it would probably be in the vein of Oswald is Mickey's half-forgotten sibling, a la Epic Mickey, which, while it may be retreading old ground, Kingdom Hearts already has multiple examples of character cast into dark dimension as they are deliberately forgotten by others, making this the one time it would have actually worked. Which, honestly, I think it's back to why Oswald's in trouble. No one knows what to do with him. Ever. He was made to contrast with Felix the Cat and Coco the Clown, but when the characters like Mickey, Bugs, and Popeye came out onto the screen, while they were built on Oswald's ideas, Oswald never separated himself but either. After that, you have all the period of languishing that Disney legally can't touch. In that time, cartoons were building out supporting casts, stronger characterizations, more complicated stories, which Oswald never even got to try. He's got a handful of girlfriends, and Pete would sometimes show up, but compare that to, like, Donald Duck and Goofy, or the entire Looney Tunes cast, or the fact that the Fleischer cartoons codified some of Superman's lore. 
Honestly, the Fleischer Superman series is fascinating. It's its own story. Cartoons were getting more technically complex, too. Compare Oh What a Night to something like Popeye's The Sailor Man vs. Sinbad, or Woody Woodpecker's Barbara Seville, or Daffy's Duck Muck. Mickey Mouse had the orphan's benefit. Heck, Tom and Jerry, who debuted much later, beat Walt Disney's record with seven best animated shorts. Once shorts were no longer being sent to theaters, they would then go to TV, either as packages with wraps around segments, or as their own shows, such as Rocky and Bullwinkle, or, well, also their own shows, like Looney Tunes show from 2011, which did debut much later, but keeps Bugs and company around in the public consciousness. These did eventually fade out, and Space Jam Daffy makes a crack about being only able to sell merchandise, but they always stuck around in the cultural consciousness in a way Oswald never could. Woody Woodpecker was barely holding on. There was no way Oswald was going to get a passing mention. Which means his next biggest bit of characterization is Epic Mickey, where he's bitter, lonely, jealous, and frustrated. It makes a great story, but it's hard to put him elsewhere. Donald Duck's anger is amusing, at least. Oswald was intended in the game to be a villain or a what-if, and he comes across that way. He and Mickey do get closer over the game, but they aren't really best friends, and Oswald never properly beats Mickey's friends. Betty Boop runs into this issue, too. Too small to build upon, but too important to forget, relegated to merchandise and not much else. There is hope for Oswald, sort of. As of 2023, Oswald has entered the public domain. Disney has copyrighted a serpent appearance, but there has been no legal arguments if that extends the copyright indefinitely. The copyrighted version is the original Walt version, and that at least gives some hope that people can use Walt Disney and a Biwerks plan to make their own shorts and give him some life. Or if not that, maybe he can just show up in Kingdom Hearts 4, without Disney's approval. Thank you for listening to Circuit Court Entertainment. If you found this episode interesting, please tell others as this is a new podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review on all the major podcast services. You can find me on Twitter at CCEPod and Tumblr at Circuit Court Entertainment. This episode was written, edited, and recorded by me, Mina. The script was edited by CJ Peterson. Podcast art by Empress Cirque on Twitter. Thank you for your time, and I hope to hear from you soon.